Thank you for listening to KVTA Afterwards, a podcast where we talk about the day's events. Uh, started to basically from the, the KVTA morning show where we worked together for many years. I'm Tom McLean, and with me is always is my buddy, Tom Spence. How was the show today, Spence? It was a lot of fun, and we hit one of those things that was a big deal when I was a kid. You're younger, so I'm not sure what hit you, but like things like the Chariots of the Gods. It was Von Daniken, and he, they were the ones that these uh, aliens came down here centuries ago, and they built the pyramids, and they did this, and they described Von Daniken how man could not have possibly have done this. So it took and all of these gigantic structures and huge revolutionary uh, in the world of engineering were by aliens, Absolutely. other things like that. So. Did you get that when you were a kid? No, I didn't. Wasn't see? not a lot on the pyramids. I don't, that was one of those things that I just when I would see the the pictures, I was like that that's that took a lot of work. Whoever did that, that's a lot of work. But I, I, the the alien thing wasn't something that came up. And that was slaves, basically, yeah, is what they did. Yeah. And we also have to remember these people back there in Egypt and in um, uh, many parts of the world were super sophisticated on their mathematics and they knew how to do stuff. But it took. A gigantic ramp of sand where one block would be pushed up. Because remember, this wasn't done in like six months. You know, right. It was done over time. But the way people looked at it, it had to be aliens. It just had to be. There's no way we could have possibly done this. Now, another one that was big during that time was the Bermuda Triangle. Are you at all familiar with that? Yeah, very familiar with the Bermuda Triangle because I remember being terrified as a kid because it seemed like that that was a real thing, that if your boat accidentally scratched the any corner of the Bermuda Triangle, you're a goner. And I, I guess that's not really necessarily the case. You would disappear. Now, Tommy would be offspring. That's, uh, yeah. that's Tom's kid. Would be interested in this because it has to do with lost ships, a lot of lost airplanes, too. But they have been saying this. And this is what I love about popular culture. When I was a kid, it was a Bermuda planes disappear. And you just, yes, they do. Mm -hmm. And you just believed it. And then you read about it. And these scientists have been hitting this so long. Not only scientists, but it comes down to nuts and bolts of money insurance companies like Lloyd's of London yeah. because they wouldn't allow one of their vessels that they insured to go through voodoo land out in the ocean if they thought they would be magically lifted up into space. <laughs> they would probably say, can you go around that? Right, right. Because if you go through the triangle, your insurance company, it's off. It's going to cost more. Yes, it's, it's not. Yeah, exactly. We're going to bump you up a little bit on that liability. <laughs> so what ends up happening here is uh, – Pick any one of more than 50 ships or 20 planes that have disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle in the last century. Each one has a story without ending, according to the people who believe in that. But when they run the numbers, this is NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association. They say, sorry, folks, it is the exact numbers as anywhere else on the planet. And when they break it down and they look at how many ships go through there, how many planes go through there, how treacherous it is, you're going to lose some ships. There is no uptick whatsoever. Another one, what about crop circles? They, I think they were a little later on. Yeah, the crop circles came along. I think my military days was about when that started becoming a really big thing, really going, oh, man, there must be some. I mean, if you've met farmers and farmers' kids, they're honorary. They go out and they do a lot of goofy stuff. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and again, you know, Jeb and Eb over there at the farm, it turns out these circles that must be made by aliens. There's no way this. Then you see two guys with a rope and a board, and they're basically walking through the corn, stepping, walking through, and they just know from an engineering point of view. Because remember, 
They're smart guys mm-hmm. and gals that run these uh, farms. They're really, really smart. They're, they're engineers of the soil of the land. And they showed these two guys make a wildly just beautiful crop circle. And when they were done in like four hours, they're like, <laughs> and they walk away. And then you look at it from above, no, it had to be aliens. No, it was those two dudes that run the farm. <laughs> to me, that is more impressive than the aliens coming down and doing it. I got such a kick out of these guys. Yeah. And then the people who really believed in crop circles, no, not all of them. And it's like, yeah, all of them. All of them. <laughs> all of Every them. single one. Like, <laughs> none that aren't. There had to be one done by E.T. Yeah. at some point. He had to come down and like be like so mad that he didn't have his Reese's Pieces that he made a crop circle, let everybody know he's mad. And it's pointing to an area that they're also, the other thing that's, that's supposed to be with Von Däniken and all these guys, they're all like things that point to space and tell you where they came from. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But all of this stuff, again, it's proven by science. But nobody reads the science part because everybody reads the fun of the Bermuda Triangle, the fun of crop circles, and the fun of the fact that the Egypts could not have possibly built the pyramids. Even more recently, we had the, I think it was during COVID when we had the giant, like the the big statue type thing. It was like a, um, how, what do they call that? It was like a, not a column, but a it, monolith. I think that's what it was. It was real shiny. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, in 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, and those were popping up all over the place. And then people were like going, oh, my, you know, and, and because COVID had everybody already on their back heels. And, you know, but it was it was an artist and, and it ended up <laughs> being very, very profitable for him. To yeah, do it worked out really nicely. <laughs> and the other one, and I know this one's really going to get me in trouble, but chemtrails. Oh, yeah. As opposed to contrails. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's saying what they think about those. I talked to some guys that are over at the base. Uh-huh. Now, maybe they have to lie about them because that's part of their business. They go every single day. Yeah, hey, Ed, you got one about chemtrails, and he has to field the call. And it's all of this stuff that people just want to believe for whatever reason. You, the, you remember the app Flight 24 radar that we, we downloaded back when I was on the show a long time ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you could yeah, point yeah. up and you could see which planes are which. Mm-hmm. Well, all of these mysterious planes making the chemtrails were usually uh, Southwest, Alaskan Airlines. I'm like, man, they really making those guys pull double duty, poison the world, and carry yeah, passengers. and carry passengers. And that's the deal. So I think of all of the ones in my lifetime, then the other conspiracies like Kennedy and the like, but I'm a huge fan of conspiracy theories because I like to see them proved. nope, it's, yeah. just, it's just this when it comes down to it. For example, ghosts. You know, ghosts, believer or non-believer? I believe that it's very possible. I believe there is much that I do not know. And there's a lot of energy out there, who knows what. But to me, it just seems like you get all these ghost hunters out there on TV. Why hasn't somebody found one? Why? Uh, yeah, case. and that's the word. And what did uh, Mitch Hedberg say about Bigfoot? Well, maybe he's just blurry. Maybe he's <laughs> just blurry. Yeah, and that's that's the deal. So why hasn't something just rock solid? I had a ghost encounter one time in my life, and if it wasn't for the fact that I froze, I was at one of our transmitter sites, which is in the middle of nowhere, and I was walking through, and it was classic. I, I'm I'm not a scaredy cat kind of guy. Basically, I was walking down a hallway that was just like a horror movie, a long hall with the one dangling light because the, mm. the building hadn't been used that much. And sure enough, I'm hearing oh. like walking sounds. Yeah. And I thought it was our engineer. 
because I'm not like, uh, and I, I turn around, and the only thing I see is an empty hall. Oh. And it did. It goosebumps, literally. And I'm like, I'm hearing footsteps. What the heck is going on here? I was just about to, like, bolt in the ceiling above me, the acoustic ceiling. It was a rat. Oh. And so it was making the, the walking noises on there. So let's say I did bolt, right? Mm. <laughs> there's footsteps, and there's nobody there. I think that's what happens with a lot of ghost encounters. If you would have stayed for that last second, you might have found out what it actually was. Yeah, I think when you go and you're looking for something and it's something that could take all kinds of different shapes and forms, I think you tend to find it. I I go back to the, the whole Bigfoot thing you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many reality shows have there been about Bigfoot hunters? Like probably seven or eight that I know of. And every one of them, they'll do an episode and they're like, they'll go out and they'll do all this research and go, you know what? We proved today that Bigfoot does exist here. No, you didn't. Did not. No, yeah, did not. we're no further than we were uh-uh. 25 minutes and a thousand jerky commercials ago. And there was one really funny one, the old show Mark and Brian, which was on KLOS. A lot of people, I know you listen, 95.5. Uh, they had a listener that sent in this, uh, it was actual recording that they made on a camping trip. And you hear these sounds and all these noises. It was a ride at Disneyland nice. that the guy had recorded, and they played it for Mark and Brian. Oh, and the guy says, by the way, that's the ride that has a dinosaur in it with a rail car. It's very <laughs> funny. But I, I am I'm the ultimate skeptic. I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm not saying there aren't ghost sounds. But prove one. Just prove one. Yeah. Prove one. Yeah, exactly. That's what I need. I don't. I don't have to buy into it just because you said it late at night on the mm-hmm. radio when you with a flashlight under yeah, your right? yeah. <laughs> when you're telling stories to the kids and all of that stuff. But to me, that and that was a big part of the morning show, as you can tell. To go over again, if you folks out there have any experience, and I'm serious because I've talked to a lot of very healthy minds around here: the Pierpont, mm-hmm. the Ventura Theater, the Glen Tavern Inn. Oh, for sure. Which you were around. People I know and trust, they say, oh, yeah, you just have to have it happen to you once. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I remember Mr. Clark talking about that. Mr. Yeah. Clark had the turlet and, incident. And he's very, uh, a very skeptical. Pretty and, much, and a regular guy. And kind of skeptical after even, but still was like, couldn't explain it. Yeah, what happened <laughs> at that point? It was a toilet lid slamming down and something going on, and they looked in the bathroom, and there's no open wind area or anything, and they're wondering, what the heck was that? They actually did not stay the night. I remember Which that. is added value, because Jack is the same person. Yeah. Knew him for yeah. years. But I know everybody, oh, okay, the um, we're music under the stars. He'll leave us adobe. Oh, Another yeah. classic haunt. Yeah. I just need something. What? I just need the, I need to walk by and say, hey, buddy, what's I, up? I say we get a couple of cute matching jumpers and go, go start our ghost That'd hunting. Be great. That'd be good. And by the way, for ghosts, they're going to make a sequel to Beetlejuice. Oh, good. It's huge. I think. And it's going to be him. It's a, there's a risk, isn't there? Yeah. Because it was so good. It was so good. Yeah, it's, it gets so to the, great. It gets to that thing where you're like, do you really want to yeah. poop on that legacy? Because yeah. Beetlejuice is pretty another. amazing. And it's going to bring back Winona because she was in Stranger Things and she got a little boost and a few of those guys. I, I was. Uh, Did she solve her little thing where she lifts things? Yeah. yeah, think, yeah. Hide your valuables. Yeah, everybody there will have a lockup uh, so Winona doesn't steal their stuff. Uh, just a, a quick one, too. Originally casted or considered for Beetlejuice. Sam Kinison. Oh. I would go with that. I would, too. I think he would have been very good. The other one that seems a little weird, Steve Martin. No. It would have been far different. Yeah. I think Kinison would have aligned with with what happened in Beetlejuice with Michael Keaton. 
a little more than Steve Martin would have. Yeah, and with with Kennison too, they, there's the muting of the screaming, so it would mm-hmm. be done in a, a way that, that it would work theatrically. Yeah, so those <laughs> were uh, two people that were considered originally. But I would be into <coughs> that uh, for some, com- some comedic ghost uh, uh, shows. Yeah. Goes to Mr. Chicken Don Knotts, and then we have uh, the wonderful, wonderful Beetlejuice. Ooh, bring back Don't say it three times. Oh, but goes to Mr. Chicken would be great. Final thing, self-checkout. So you go up to the self-checkout. You do all your stuff. You're at like a restaurant-style thing, mm-hmm. and it asks you for a tip. Mm-hmm. So you're doing, the, uh, you're doing everything, pretty much. They're bringing you your food. But there's a big thing now, and it's happening a lot at airports. Do you, this was a controversy on the show this morning. How do you tip mm, that's in those one. cases? Because here's my argument. We, we do this for 15 minutes and 90 seconds, so we got to wrap it up. Here's my argument. If we tip the person, let's say at McDonald's, let's say at Subway, wherever, you know who I think we should tip? People at 7-Eleven. I've worked that type of environment once, and I did it for about four days. So one stretch for four days. It's brutal. Guy comes up and says, yeah, I'll have a pack of smokes, some Skull, six lottery tickets. Can I get me a Slim Jim over there, too? And I'm going to go get me another soda. And two and taquitos, then, and is your bathroom open? And then, and then when, no, could you take the taquitos out? I didn't really want those. Yeah. Oh, good God. It is so difficult. Why aren't we tipping those people? That is a hard hard job somebody is they sell yeah. lotto tickets and burner phones yeah what what is our what is our attraction to always tipping just because somebody hands you a coffee yeah it's it's a little weird and you want to see people you, you know when somebody's nice to you because the other effort and you've got kids one of the things i appreciated when we sat down at a restaurant and it was usually the waiters were kind of dummies the waitresses were very smart mm-hmm. you sit down with your kids hey do you have chocolate milk here Guy waiter, no. <laughs> the girl waiter always knew, damn it, there's some chocolate back there. I'm going to blend it up in some milk, mm-hmm. and I'm going to hand them chocolate milk. Always. Yep. Thank you very much. And you tip them out for that. And usually they go, at no charge. You yeah, know, they yeah. do something like that. It's To me, that's why you tip. Mm-hmm. When somebody does that, and you roll out the 20 for sure. It's the hospitality. Yeah. yeah. It, what is happening in the service? So the big controversy here is with self-checkout, where you're doing a whole lot of the work. Well, even the Carl's Jr. now, they all have a tip jar, and it's so bizarre. Like, I drove to you, and it's like, and I'm not, I'm the kind of person I do, and you are too, that wants people to receive the best and the benefits Mm -hmm. of their job. And you work in that business pretty much. If it's not for good cocktailing, your audience might not be as happy. So you want to see all of that rolling out. Right. I think it's very important. Wait staff has to be taken care of. My first job out of the military was Denny's. I worked at Denny's for a while. So I waited tables and it was, you know, like when I say a while, like a year and a half, maybe or something like that. Now that's an interesting one. We have a minute and a half left because I believe this also. If you order at Denny's, you should actually tip 30% there. Because the meal is generally so cheap, a mm-hmm. lot of times they're getting stiffed on a tip, and they work their butt off. And then you go into a place that has an $18 dish, $20, $25 dish, and they pretty much did the same level of work. And if you tip them 20 the amount of tip they get is ridiculous. So I would say to folks out there, you know, tip the people a little more in those smaller restaurants because the gross number of your check 
isn't a lot of money for them for the work they do. Yeah, and a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but also Denny's has a different clientele than you might get at a steakhouse or something like that. And so you'd get me maybe, at the Denny's and the steakhouse. Well, I mean, but, but like maybe I would say maybe less than half of the people actually tip at Denny's. It's not everybody like you would really? think. Yeah, there's a lot of people that come in and they're like, well, this is kind of fast foody and rough. you know, so. Well, we solved problems. The Bermuda Triangle, the pyramids, Grand ghosts, Slams. everything's buttoned up now. Uh, tip with good service, generosity. I don't know if you tip a kiosk. I don't know if you tip a kiosk either, but I don't know if you tip a radio host. But if you do, bring some cash to yes. 1590. Thanks for listening to 1590 Afterwards.